Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, it's good to be back with you at the Inner Revolution. It's been a few weeks, busy summer schedule, and uh, just just life happens. You know how that happens, but just glad to be with you and sharing a couple of edifying thoughts again to encourage us in our biblical worldview, as well as uh, really connecting to the Spirit and what the Spirit is speaking in these days. These are important days. These are crazy days, but uh, spiritually speaking, these are days of opportunity. And uh, if we're looking at Christ, we have a lot of amazing things that we can testify of, and uh, we can discern the real need as well as uh, what God is doing in these days. And I'd like to think with you today a little bit about thirst, thirsting, and or being thirsty, I should say. And uh, maybe we've all been in this place where we have been thirsty. Maybe we've run, or we've been working, or we have just come in from a very hot day, and our body is depleted of moisture. We're just looking for that that water or that juice or that Gatorade, something to quench our thirst. And uh, just think about it even, you know, as we're just uh, just so thirsty, maybe it becomes the only thing we can fixate or focus on. As a believer, too, I, I think as a human, actually, we should say that we're all worshiping something. We're all thirsting for something. And I want to talk about coming to the well, coming to the well, because when we, uh, when we thirst, there are so many things that we could try to quench our thirst. For instance, we could try Coca-Cola. <clears throat> we could try a monster drink. We could try uh, milk. We could try water. We could try... There's so many varieties of things. But what is it that truly quenches our thirst? Well, spiritually speaking, we understand that to be Christ. But in the world, so many put other things. They have other wells that they draw from, and they have this uh, reoccurring thirst that happens um, maybe uh, daily, maybe uh, monthly, maybe moment by moment. We all know how sin makes us so thirsty. Uh, We enjoy it for a season, and then there's leanness, or there's a consequence of, of a deficit, something taken from us that makes our world very small. Sin has no future, by the way, uh, for the believer. It just takes, robs, kills, destroys. Uh, but Christ, the promises, the word of God, which we're made for, it quenches our thirst, it satisfies our hunger, it uh, causes us to be uh, energized, rejuvenated. Uh, But the question is, are you coming to the right well? Are you coming to the right well? We can, uh, again, be distracted and try to fill fill the hole, fill the the desire with so many things that just makes us either turns our stomach or makes us more thirsty or we are satisfied for a moment and then we want more and more and more. Well, here in Psalm 63 and also in Psalm 42, we see David really 
thirsting for God. Now, imagine today uh, the rich man, uh, we understand when he was talking with Lazarus that in hell, that he said, oh, that you would dip your finger in water and put the water on my tongue to quench my thirst. We, we understand the shocking reality of Mark chapter 9, uh, 46 through 48, that in hell there will be a continuous desire that will never be filled. And in Revelations 22, the wicked will still be wicked. The unrighteous will still be unrighteous. And there'll be uh, such a, uh, a, a shocking Christless eternity where the thirst will be overwhelming. The, the worm dieth not in Mark 9.48, which means there will be a consciousness and, an, and a physical um, longing. Um, we understand that, uh, that, that even in heaven or in hell, we'll be given special bodies to um, acclimate in heaven. We'll have our glorified body. But in hell, there will be a special body that will feel all the sensations of the fire, the darkness, the falling, the tremendous uh, torture that will happen. Uh, but they will, they will not have the ability to die. What a, what a horrible um, thought to think that rejecting Christ brings people to this unbelievable um, Un, well, unbelievable in our minds, but real uh, eternity. This is why we share our faith. This is why our thirst has been quenched, and we we offer that that beautiful glass of water, that heavenly water in John seven, uh, when he speaks to Jesus, saying that when you drink of me, uh, your you will have your thirst quenched. Your desires will be. Uh, satisfied and in Proverbs 10:12 what I will add to your life there will be no more sorrow. So this is such an important point. Um, so think about this illustration. You know, uh, someone in the desert um, the the oppressive heat of the desert out there hours and hours and hours and uh, maybe they begin to hallu- start to hallucinate. They start to think, you know, or see things that are not real. And, uh, you know, I've heard of stories where uh, people have traveled in the desert and uh, they start to hallucinate and imagine uh, an oasis or a, a water well. And they, they stoop down thinking that, that they're seeing that, but actually it's a mirage and they start to, to eat or drink the sand and that's a horrible uh, thought, but they perish because they're so uh, op- there's such an oppressive heat and dehydration that they are uh, imagining something that uh, is not real. Now, when we think about the believer, we know where our well is. We have the well of the Bible. We have the well of the church body family. Uh, We have the well of prayer. We have the well of praise. We have the well where we draw down deep and we are nourished. Uh, And it's such an incredible thought, like the deep things of God quench the deep things of ourself. 
Well, in Psalm 63, it says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs and yearns for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Now, that's a, that's a thing when you're on a hike or when you're in, uh, when you're traveling and uh, maybe you don't have access to water. It's always a tremendously good idea to have water with you. Why? Because we can only survive a, a short amount of time without water. Uh, we can survive longer without food, but water is a critical nature to our composition. It's, it's actually our bodies made up mostly of water. So the psalmist is saying, I'm thirsting for you and my flesh, my body, all of who I am, my you know, my body is yearning, is drawn to you, just like at night flies are drawn to the light or meat, raw meat out on the patio, flies are drawn to it or coca, open Coca-Cola, uh, bees are drawn to it. What is it? There's something that they're, they're longing or drawn to the sweetness of something. So David is saying, you know, I am thirsting for you, God, because we have talked with people. Um, I, I remember uh, I was in the Boston Garden uh, years ago. I was in an elevator with um, the chaplain to the New York Knicks, and we were there in the elevator next to two giant men. And, um, you know, we, we got talking with them and praise the Lord, they were believers and one of them just said to me, you know, we thought, or he gave his personal testimony that he uh, just remembered that when he got to the top of his game, he realized it wasn't everything he thought it was. And this is when he really turned to God because no house, no woman or man, no no um, money, no uh, success could actually quench the thirst of the soul. And uh, this man uh, turned to Christ, and he was uh, just totally revolutionized in his spirit. He became a very generous giver and uh, a great testimony and a great uh, minister of the gospel to his teammates. Well, David goes on to say, there's no water. There's no water in this land. You know, you think about camels. You know, camels can can travel long distances because they have a storage of water in their bodies. Like, again, like what is it that's sustaining you? Well, Psalm 55, 18, the Lord in the battle is sustaining us. It's him. He is our portion. Because there may be uh, situations that are meant to dehydrate or to steal the joy or steal the the, the rest or steal the peace or steal uh, those things that actually comfort you and keep you. And God is saying, dig a well, dig a well. Where you are, dig a well. We see that all through the Old Testament, that uh, wherever people went and wherever they landed and camped, they would dig a well. Without a well, we perish. Especially in these days, if we're not um, in our Bibles, in, in, a, in a personal walk of faith or accountable or for that matter, if we don't have a church home. By the way, I'm going to say this about a church home. Without a church home, we will never reach our spiritual potential. 
will never reach our spiritual potential. I have people tell me all the time, I've got my own walk of faith. I watch online. I listen to the radio or TV. That's all well and good. But without a church home, we have we do not reach our spiritual potential. So I challenge you today to think about that. Well, dig a well. Dig a well where you are. Well, the, right, the uh, psalmist says this in 63.2, to see thy power and thy glory so as I've seen in thy sanctuary. See, there he is. Again, speaking that there's a well in the sanctuary, a place to draw, a place to, um, to receive nourishment, a place to be revived. Because of thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live, and I will lift up my hands in your name. For my soul shall be satisfied with a marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. My soul will be satisfied. So many are restless today uh, because either they are drinking from the wrong well, it may taste good at first, but... Uh, it is not something that is bringing electrolytes back into the body or it's not something that is uh, quenching the deep need of the heart. It, it's, we can all say that we can uh, mask the true needs and we can put up a good uh, face or a good conversation, but inside, it's Revelations chapter 3, like Sardis, they have a good form, but they're dying on the inside. They're, they're thirsty. They're starving. And they are uh, ready to um, be a casualty. They're ready to maybe give in to their sin. They're ready to uh, just walk away from everything. What is that? Well, that is a, a nomad. It's someone that's wandering without a well. We need a well. We need a place to be satisfied. Well, I love what the psalmist says here in Psalms chapter 42. We, we again see this amazing, uh, pic, this amazing picture <clears throat> of, of a deer uh, illustrated here. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants after you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet him? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? David, again, in a very desperate situation, uh, you know, needing to dig a, dig a well. Now, digging a well is no small task. I mean, you have to identify, of course, where there is water. And then there is tools that dig deep into the earth to... Uh, connect to that vein of water, to that spring, I should say, the spring. And I, I think we see in Psalm 42, as the deer pants after the water, again, they typically, you know, animals stay near a body of water so that they can, uh, again, not only clean themselves, but they can also quench this thirst. My soul yearns, pants, just like a dog when when they are hot and they're trying to cool themselves down, they're panting. This is how we're thirsty for God. What a way to live. I mean, this is one of the greatest things is to see our need for God. I am afraid today that many do not see their need for God. Maybe they're comfortable. Maybe they're in their routines. Maybe God is in their own image. Um, you know, it's easy maybe to start our day without prayer and just jump into the routine 
and maybe God is an afterthought later on in the day. What is that? That's a that's a or we're too busy for God. That that's a dangerous place to be. Why? Because when we see our need for God, we can slow down. We're sensitive to the Spirit. We're seeking His face. We're listening to His voice. We're quiet before Him because our soul must thirst after the right things. Otherwise, <clears throat> you know, um, you know. I, I heard of a. I've heard of a, an interesting story recently. Uh, where um, a gentleman was at a party and he reached into the refrigerator <clears throat> and he grabbed some eggnog and he drank the eggnog, but when he got to the bottom of the eggnog, it was all black. It was all, it had been sitting and was never cleaned. <clears throat> uh, and it was, it was just, I don't know if it was bacteria, but it was something bad. But he ate the wrong thing. He drank the wrong thing and became exceptionally sick. So where are we drawing from? What are we spending our time feeding our soul? What is it that we're feeding our mind, our spirit? What is it that has our eye gate? What has our ear gate? What has our attention? The devil's always looking to steal our amazement. Dig a well. Dig down. It takes time to dig a well identify the location, I have the right tools, and persistently go deeper and deeper and deeper. We see this in Jeremiah 17, that the tree will survive based on the roots that tap into the underwater way, the under, under the ground waterway. He'll survive that way. Uh, we see that with palm trees. Very interesting. The palm tree typically is always facing the sun. But they're in arid and dry places, but their roots are down deep, down deep, down deep, going deep, growing deeper, going deeper, having that deeper life. Well, we see this, my soul thirsts for God. Well, we can thirst for power, we can thirst for money, we can thirst for comfort, we can thirst for stuff, materialism, we can thirst for a relationship. How about that? Maybe some are, are, are yearning for a relationship. Nothing wrong with that. But if it's something that I'm thinking it's going to satisfy me, then unfortunately we will, be, uh, we will be disappointed. Think about this. The best time to have a relationship is when we don't need a relationship. Why? Because we're satisfied by God. Our spouse or another person, they're sinners. They're flawed. They will disappoint but if we have a well in the marriage, if we have a well in the relationship, if we have a well in the conflict, let's say there's a conflict between two, two people, are we, uh, are we trying to draw from each other? Well, that may not go so well. We have to go deeper. We have to go higher uh, and have a, uh, have, a, have a relationship with something that's bigger than ourselves. Well, I love what the psalmist goes on to say here. Uh, he, uh, in verse 4 of 42, he says, These things have I remembered as I pour out my soul, how I've used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festival, among the festival throng. What, what is he remembering? He's remembering the well, the house of God. He's remembering where he was able to pour out his complaint, pour out his burdens, pour out his stress, pour out his grief. And he was able to receive something 
in the exchange. You know, so many people carry their burdens and they have no they have no relief. In the middle of the night, they wake up in a panic or they get used to the stress and they get hardened and there's no joy. There's no well. There's no refreshment. Verse 5, my soul, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan. And then he goes on to say, from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon and the mount, from the Mount of Mizar. All of these times when God showed up in his, in his great faithfulness. <clears throat> And then he says, the deep calls to the deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves are breakers have swept over me. I love that. The deep, the deep things of God begin to deal with the deep things of the soul, the anxiety, the abuse, the discontentment. Uh, And then they revive you and I with faith, with love, with grace, with peace, with joy. And it's something that is is so beautiful and pure. Now, if we were to look at a drop of water and then take that same drop that came out of the ocean and we were to look at the ocean and see the immensity of where that drop came from, this is the same principle. When we uh, pursue the Lord and we may have a drop, we may have a promise, we may have a word, we may have a thought, and then we come to God and it's like an ocean. We see where that thought came from. And then we begin to, uh, just like jumping in the pool or jumping in the lake or the ocean, we, our hot, tired bodies is over, overwhelmed and swept over with water. And there's great refreshment. Every part of our body is refreshed and renewed in this beautiful place. Well, do you have a well? Are you drawing? Are you drawing from uh, the Lord today? Remember what the woman at the well said to Jesus? You have nothing to draw from. Well, isn't that interesting? Jesus said, if you knew who was talking with you, you would understand that I am the well and have everlasting life. You know, dig a well, go deep, drink often, be drawn into the spirit. Uh, don't become a dry, barren land. Don't become a desert. Don't start drinking and eating things that will only create wantonness. You know, it's interesting. Jesus sometimes answers our prayers but sends leanness or dryness to our soul because we are wanting that more than him. God promises to satisfy, to nourish, and to refresh us in his presence in Acts 3.19 times of refreshing are found in his presence. This is a day that was needed more than ever to uh, drink from the well. And if you don't have a well, dig a well or go to where a well is and drink often and then bring others to that well. Bring others to that well in Proverbs 25, 25 to that continual feast because we're in a day where Uh, Like never before, there is not many wells and people are fainting and they are uh, thirsty and dying of thirst. They're staggering around in Matthew 9, 36. They're wandering without a shepherd. But you, 
you can bring them to the well. You can bring them to water. You can pour out, in John 7, water will flow out of you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit will be that ministry and connection and refreshment to the soul. And the eyes will open again. The trust will be restored. The desire for God will be strengthened. The appetite for sin will wane down. Uh, faith action will be your attitude and grace will be your spirit. And conviction will be there when you need it. Why? Because you're drinking from the right source. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.